can you see the difference? Like, I don't have those conversations with you anymore. Yeah, you've definitely changed in your attitude, post-round thinking. Is it safe to say, Ev, I think you graduated from woulda, shoulda, coulda. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I got my partner in crime, our other co-host, Mr. Matt Cermak here with me. What's up, Ev? What a morning we've had. We've really grinded. I had an <laughs> like internet outage. Cermak couldn't hear me at first. He's blowing his nose. He's stuffed up. We're, we're grinding this morning. That's all we're doing. We're embracing the grind, aren't we? <laughs> Thanks for hopping aboard. If your golf game's off the rails and you're sick of riding the struggle bus, You've come to the right place. The part train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course. Because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, bad internet, stuffy nose, whatever, you can smile through anything. The part train podcast unpack the mental game with the PJ Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, sports psychologists, everyday golfers like you and me and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. This episode, like every episode, is presented by Roback Activewear. I just got Maybe my favorite polo I've ever gotten from them, sir. Oh, it's called the Chubbs based on Happy okay. Gilmore. It's sure. got carts, little water wave and an alligator. How good and is that? It is just I cannot wait to wear it. I think I'm going to save it for my round next week at Calabasas Country Club playing there for the first time. Might have a camera crew there. We'll see. Uh, Cal's going to play with us. So it's going to be fun. but. Sir, I was digging your polo that you were wearing yesterday. So, guys, I think the takeaway is uh, I know I'm a biggest fanboy for their hoodies because they're the greatest hoodie in the world. But I don't know about you, sir. It's getting hot in L.A., starting to get up in the 80s. And I need you got to have a fresh polo to start the golf season. Well, you got to have plenty of fresh polos. It's pretty nice here in Chicago. 70, 70 today. I'm playing in the Irish Open tomorrow at Ridgemore Country Club. Whoa. You know what? You know you know. There's gonna be a lot of green at this outing, so I'm wearing Irish my. Open. I'm wearing my Masters rollback. Uh, oh, the chairs. Oh, uh, love that. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm gonna get some compliments. You know, oh, for sure. Be fun. It's hard not to get compliments with a perfectly stiff collar, stretchy fabric, breathable, and great designs. So, guys, yeah. go to rollback.com, enter the code train, get yourself 15 percent off. And uh, get yourself a new polo. You deserve it. There's nothing like them. And thank you to Roback for helping us do the thing we love, which is this show. They're the best. All right, Term. This episode, I'm actually pretty excited for this because yeah. we haven't done a chipping away in a while. We've had a lot of great guests and we've got some great gra- guests planned. But this is one that's super personal to us that is based on some aha moments we've both had recently. Uh, I think we constantly learn a lot week to week um, from our guests, from me personally with coaching certification, from the guys I'm coaching and in my own game. I think Rick, Rick Sessinghouse said it perfectly last week, right? It's easy to just be a coach and tell people what to do. It's harder to put it to practice. So every time that I play, I treat my own game as the ultimate case study to help our listeners, right? And if it's working for me, it's probably going to work for anyone because I've gone down any gambit, every gambit you possibly can in my golf journey. So I feel like I can empathize with any kind of golfer out there. And 
I think we got a lot of great stuff we're going to unpack for the part train listener to hopefully help yeah. their game. If we haven't done an episode like this in a while, you know, we love the chipping away series, but uh, I think it's good timing, you know, as we're really kind of kicking into gear in the season all across the country. Um, it's going to be a fun year, but this will be a good unpacking. Yeah. Before we get into this episode, if we've added any value, definitely give us a review at Apple Podcasts. It helps inspire others through your stories. And um, we post multiple times a day on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're about to hit 10,000 on TikTok, 57,000 on Instagram. That's our biggest presence. And then 7,000 on Twitter. So wherever you great, like great numbers, getting your socials, uh, follow us at The Part Train. Send us a DM comment. Let us know how you're doing. I'll reply to every one of them. At least I'll do my best to. So um, thank you guys for that. And let's get to it, Sarm. I think uh, I was thinking about where to start. I think the best place to start is an aha moment I had recently. I made a video on this recently, but I want to share it on the podcast in case you guys don't follow us. I, I had an aha moment listening to Hank, our intern, talk, and then yep. thinking about where I've been and thinking about you. Right. It's a really great trio because Hank was previously an 11. I think he just got down to a nine. Oh. I'm a six, just became a seven. You're scratch. And so I think through our experiences, we kind of feel like we're touching a lot of different um, types of players. And I realized I don't talk about the game. I don't think about the game nowhere close the way I did even two years ago. And I'll give you an example, sir. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the calls we used to have where I would, I would call you and I'd say, I found it. You know, I was constantly yeah. going to the range trying to find these little things to find and thinking it was the silver bullet, right? We've talked about it a lot on the show. I yeah. remember calling you saying, like, really breaking down my rounds. And again, there's nothing wrong with this, but it shows how attached I was to my performance and how much I identified with my performance, right? All I wanted. There's nothing really I wanted more than to perform well on the golf course, get my handicap down, prove that I was a great player and do all these things, right? We've all put a lot of time and money into it. And right. I had a lot of attachment. So I used to call you and I'd be like, oh my God, you wouldn't believe it. I had like seven, eight footers. I had this many chances to get up and down. I chunked this. I sculled that. I shot an 81. It could have been 76 easily, right? Yeah. And we all do that. That's normal. Classic. But and we've made a video before about how like, oh, don't focus on just what you did wrong. Think about everything you did right. That's not what I'm saying. That's true. But that's not my point for this one. My point is, is that I don't think you and Ryan and the really great players that I know and also the pros we've had, you guys don't ruminate on your rounds like the 15 pluses, 12 handicaps, 20 handicaps do, right? You guys kind of just like, it is what it is. It's kind of a shrug and move on. It's like, you guys know that golf is a game of misses. It's so cliche, but you know that you're going to leave shots out there every time. And it's just like, you know, you're a good player. You don't really care about, I mean, you might care, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's yeah. not as attached as the conversation that maybe Hank just had with us. Hey, Hank, I know you're listening uh, yeah. about him trying to break 80 or me two years ago. Can you see the difference? Like, I don't have those conversations with you anymore. 
Yeah, you've definitely changed in your attitude, post-round thinking. I mean, is it safe to say, Ev, I think you graduated from woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah, that's a good right? way to put it. And I think so many, that's really how most golfers react to their rounds. Um, you've, once you get past that, you kind of sense of, get a sense of freedom and you kind of just let go and forget how good that round was or how bad that round was. Yeah. Um, it's really frustrating when I hear golfers and you know say, "Well, you know, I shot eighty-three and I had four lipouts." It's like, well, okay, so you had four missed putts there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you might have had a lip in. You know, your, yeah. your ball might have hit the trees and kicked back into the fairway. I bet right. you had a couple of that. So I agree with you, Av. It's been it's been pretty cool to watch you. Like, just you're way less up and you're way less down, and. Yeah. I'm sure you've got some things you can attribute that to, but um, you seem way more at peace with your progression, whether you have those good days or bad. Well, yeah, let's dig into that for a second. Cause I think someone might be listening and think, well, okay, that sounds great in theory, but like, what's the alternative? I just don't care. Like, like Hank, for example, let's use Hank never broken 80 really wants yeah. to break 80. He knows he's, play, he's good playing enough great to break golf 80. right now too. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I've been, I went through that. How am I constantly shooting 80 once? Like, I just got to put it all together, right? Right. I don't think I'm saying don't care. I think the difference is, is that my preparation and my practice is so much more intentional and on track with exactly what I know what I'm trying to do that I don't feel like you're right. I have less highs and less lows and my, my bad rounds are less bad. Right. I can still go out and shoot a great round, but I know that I'm going to have less swings and I think big swings in score. And I think let's start talking about maybe how our approach has changed. And we talked about this a little bit with Rick Sessinghouse, Colin Mark, I was coach last week. I think at least I have, I know you probably have too. I've become so much more educated on why, what I do, why I do it and how to practice and get better in those areas. So swing, let's say, let's start with full swing. We've said it before on the show, but for people to get a coach, and I know people might see money signs when they hear that, but I'm telling you, there's not been a better investment than a coach for my game, or at least not even necessarily a, a dedicated ongoing coach, but someone that is experienced, that you trust, that can at least put you on the right path. So Jake Thurman, yeah. we've had him on the pod. Love DJ Jake. Tour coach. Um, Chicago guy. Chicago guy. He said something that really struck me. When I got back from my trip from Bandon, and what a great coach, by the way, doesn't send me any tips before I go to my yeah. trip. Waits till I get back to send me uh, some swing things to work on. Uh, he said, do you see how you your face rolls open? And a little inside, which has always been a thing. Most amateurs it is. Um, And I used to try and manipulate, you know, the face, keep it closed and stuff. And he's like, the reason that's happening is because you're standing up. So your shoulders are parallel, right? My left shoulder isn't low enough. And when I do that, there's nowhere else for the club face to go, but inside and open, right? So for me, focusing on keeping my left shoulder down, and the face 
facing the ball or a little bit more square has dramatically improved my ball striking. And so when I'm practicing, let me me stop you though. And this is why getting a coach or at least taking a few lessons is so important. You're in the past. I'm like, all right, I, I know my club face is here. I got to, I got to figure a way how to manipulate it back square. He says, Hey, your setup, your trigger move is causing this, right? (laughs) You need to understand that some of the mechanics, some of your tendencies, and it just gets back to the fundamentals, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like of the golf swing. So I think that's really important. Now. So keep going, but that's huge. Right. Well, What's the I domino effect, where is it coming from? Right. 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 And it's so, it's so key because how many of us see something on YouTube or hear a PGA tour broadcast and they're talking about DJ's bowed wrist and you're yeah. thinking, maybe I'll try bowing my wrist. And I've heard Colin Morikawa say on video with DJ, he goes, I don't actively try and bow my wrist. It just happens. It's how my swing is. And so many of us are out there trying stuff with no right. idea of what, what we do, why we do it, and where we need to go. So the simple clarity and really confidence, because I, I have certainty there, right? There's no uncertainty with what I'm working on, why I'm doing it. I just know that I got to keep my left shoulder down. It's a tendency that I probably have from baseball standing up and work on keeping my face square yeah, and good tempo. And that's it. What's really, I think in your progression, a combination of understanding your swing, get good coaching, fundamentals, why you do the, what you do. But then I, th- this has been a big thing for me. Of, and as, as I've, you know, throughout my career, quote unquote, but tell me if you are doing a better job of this, because I think this is big for Hank. And for a lot of players right now, for everybody, it's the post round reflection, right? Instead of coming off the course, you know, I shot, I, I played great, but I had three bad holes and two lip outs. Thinking about not just the bad shots, we love the bad shots, but also the good shots throughout your round and thinking about how you felt in your pre shot routine over the ball when you hit that 300 yard high cut off the tee. And then when you hit that, 20 yard pool with a six iron left to the green. What, where was your head? Where was your mind? What were you unsure of? What were you sure of? That's the way to reflect on your rounds. I mean, Hank is ready to shoot 79. He bogeys the last hole. Right. He says he just didn't get up. He made a tentative swing in the fairway. He didn't get up and down. Well, what, what were you feeling? What was your preparation? What, what was your breath like? How fast were you moving? <laughs> compared to all those other great holes. Right. And to me, that's, that's where you really see progression because you really understand what's happening out there and you learn from that. Yeah. Situational awareness. Yeah. And like we've done on the mailbag episodes, like what can we do for Hank the next time he has a chance to break 80 on 18, right? We've talked about it before there. Nothing in his life will change. We have this illusion that once Right. We achieve these markers, we're going to be different people, different golfers, more, more fulfilled, happier. Of course, you want to achieve those things. There's nothing wrong with that. But the romanticism, is that a word? Yeah. Romanticism of these achievements are getting in the way, right? And so to your point about what we're working on, the, the thing to tie a bow in the full swing 
part of this conversation is checkpoints. It's so key. Like not only does Jake give me the why, the what, and how to work on it, but he gives me checkpoints on video because video can mess a lot of people up, but video is also really helpful if you know what you're looking for. Right. So then when I go to the range, I say, okay, well, Jake always told me like, okay, you're a push drawer. So if you're doing everything right, you should be hitting a little draw. If you start hitting fades, something's off. Right. And I started doing that the last rank yeah. session. I was a little tight. Like we talked about, we'll get to that in a second of like how to react, not just after rounds, but after practice sessions, you know, but at least I know when I look at the video, what I'm working on and what I'm checking, because that's going to be my guide to see if I'm in the right direction. Right. A lot of right. people, you're just kind of out there like testing stuff. You have no idea what you're looking for. And it's a waste of time. I wasted years practicing like that. And right. I'm hoping that people listen to this episode, realize that they can cut down that time for them. Well, right. You know? Yeah. And, and in terms of instruction, I'll just, I guess I harp on this kind of stuff, but I'll take it a step further. It's like, I think a lot of our listeners have, have taken a lesson before, right. And might say they know how to grip the club and they know how to stand and they know how to align themselves up, but it doesn't ha- hurt to have refreshers. I was watching a Rick Shields video of how to have a neutral grip. I know what a neutral grip is, but like sometimes a visual, a refresher, because I played what two days ago, nine holes, first round in a couple months, first round in Chicago. And I hit some just big pulls with my irons. Like new irons. bad. Yeah. New irons, but just some big pulls, you know? And I got to the range the other night and I'm with my buddy Connor and he's like, man, your shoulders are closed. <laughs> and I was then looking at my grip. And I was like, man, I'm too strong with my left hand. I got three knuckles showing. So alignment and grip, right? So <laughs> even I consider myself a good player, but what does Rick Sessing house talk about? What do all the coaches we have on talk about? The pros, Brett McCabe, the pros just obsessed about the fundamentals. Yeah. So for you and our listeners, it never stops. Like, and I, you need to be, do you really understand how to set up to the golf ball? Do you really know where you're going? <laughs> you know, and I think those are the most valuable insights and questions, but it's over and over and over again, because clearly I don't play in a few months and I've got closed shoulders. I've got a strong left hand. And if I get a little quick, that ball's going left fast. You know, yeah. that's where my bogeys, I made a double came from. So, but Ev, I could have been like, if you would have put my swing on camera, I could have been like, whoa, boy, he's going really inside. He's really laid off. You know, he's coming over the top on it. But why is that? It doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that I'm, the club face is going to the target, but my shoulders are going way right. And my grip right. is <laughs> So what do you think about all that? You know, I'm just, I think that's just, I think it's really important though. Well, you know what it makes me think of, sir? It makes me think of what Rick, I know we brought up Rick a million times, but it's fresh. We had him on last week. He told us something very interesting about Colin, where he said, Colin experienced something at Kapalua at the beginning of the year, downhill lie with long iron. Very hilly golf course. So specific. Let's think about the 18th hole as a second shot. Yeah. Super specific, but what did it reveal? It revealed something where a shot 
or ability was not up to his standards, but the discomfort level was high, right? Correct. And I think, I think about everything we just talked about, and I really want to reflect on the why, the why that I have more confidence, the why that I feel less uh, up and down. I just have, I probably have the most belief in my game that I've ever had, but I'm shooting pretty much similar scores so far. Right. I'm not yeah. that different than where I was two years ago. I've been hovering around a five to a seven for probably five years. Right. But here's what's different. I had so much discomfort around the greens before. Yeah. But I had this flawed belief that I needed to get my swing right, my ball striking right before I focus on the short game. And you saw right. I just post that video today. Like, I can't tell you how much that has changed my ability to stay even keel and have fun with the game. It's short game. Yeah. Because now I love the chance. I love being the guy in the group that I like. I know I'm put in. I haven't even like, I haven't put in enough time that I think I could, but I've yeah. just started to split my range time with short game time. Kind of a 50, 50 now. 50, 50. And yep. I tell you what, sir, I love being the guy in the group that I know I'm going to put it four to six feet. Yeah. I might stick it, but I know I'm going to give myself looks. I, I have more of an understanding of how to use the bounce. I, I need to get more comfortable in the bunkers for sure. I think I'm digging a little too much. You need to understand that. But do you see how I'm like chipping away? Speaking of chipping away at of areas of discomfort and I'm putting in time to become more comfortable. Well, let me ask you this, Ev. What, what is your goal? Is it to get from a seven handicap to a four handicap? Or is it to be better at short game? You know, to have a goal of like, you know, maybe it's a statistical goal. Hey, you know, how many 30 putt rounds can I have? Or can I get five up and downs in a round? Right. What is your, and I think this is an important, you know, it's, you're always going to think about your handicap, but what do you like? Because there is a shift, a positive shift happening with you. Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't thought about my goal. Let's hash it out live. So I think my one big goal, and we can talk about this because this has been another transformation, thanks to John at Mental Golf Type, was driver, right? Not even just like, I don't care about the number of fairways I hit. I don't care about the distance. It was simply just a belief and a comfort that I didn't want to play with as much fear anymore. I want to, I want to feel like if I need to hit the driver and the, the whole calls for a driver, I can hit it and keeping my misses a little bit tighter and reducing the big, the not reducing or eliminating the big miss because the pros have a big miss. So like, that's not a great expectation, but the amount of times it happens, right. I wanted to become a little bit more confident with my T game, because that's going to open up a lot. You want to up the amount of fearless driver yes. swings in your yes. round. And we can go into that because right. Tara told Tara um, filmed me. I just did my first ever course vlog uh, last weekend. I shot a 79 that and we fun. did this fun exercise. I said, if I commit 90% of my shots, I'm going to record every shot. Was I committed or not? If I can get over 90% commitment, I bet you I'll break, break 80. And you did it. I, I don't know. I need to calculate the commitment percentage. I, I need to go back, but I shot a 79. And that also counts with pitching yeah. and chipping and bunker, everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And, putts. and putting. 
Yeah. So, but she told me, she's like, you, and she's seen it all. Like I played a lot of golf with her and her dad. She's like, your driver is like so different than what it's been. Um, Just like my misses, my conviction with the club. Well, yeah, because you know what you know what you want to do. You found help of the mental golf guys. You found a thought process, yeah, right? Found a process, that, yeah, that you're con- comfortable with. That then translate to making an aggressive, fearless driver move. Yeah, a lot of that was mental, but so I'll get well, that for sure. in a second. It's all that, mental. That's one goal. <laughs> second goal, I think, is I want to be known. As a guy with great touch, I want to be known. So I think for you, sir, that is the coolest thing to be known as, in my opinion, is like the guy that can get up and down from anywhere. I've already been known as the guy that's in the trees and somehow punches four irons to like the front of the green. And they're like, I don't know how he's doing this. I got a lot right. of practice with that. But I want to be known as the guy that can get up and down from anywhere that's got great touch. And the recovery, because it just, it's so fun. It makes the game so fun. Yeah. You know, and understanding, you know, I'm starting to get more comfortable with where I put it in my stance, different clubs, light arms versus a little bit more, you know, firm. Right. Arms or stands are going to be aggressive. Are we going to be conservative? Just like, you're just like, kind of like bathing in the options, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In the fun of what the short game can be yeah and so i think i no longer have the goal of being a scratch and the beautiful thing about it is i know i will get closer to becoming a scratch as i let that go just like hank will break 80 when he lets that go that's how it works right that's the tricky thing everyone thinks this mental game stuff is so easy it's simple but it's not easy it can be difficult, but it's yet so simple. That's the magic of it, right? The less you want to do something, the easier it is to do it. You know, whether it was, you know, Hank, the last hole making bogey to shoot 80, we've all been there, whether it's whatever score it is, but whatever number, you know, or milestone you're trying to hit. But okay, nerves got to him. Happens to me, happens to you. Yeah. Think about the rest of the round, right? Think about those stuff. mental, think about the, the good stuff. It's like, well, there's probably a mental error here or a wrong club there or lack of attention there. So you don't have to, it's easy to dwell on the why the last hole, why do I let the pressure get to me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. When, I'd rather, I'd rather focus you know, that energy of it. It got to me. Yeah. But what do I have in my toolbox to address it the next time it's going to come up? Cause guess what? It's not valuable or productive to resist it because guess what? What's it? Yeah. He's going to have a chance to do it again. And that same feeling is going to come back. So how can we give our listeners tools so that when it comes back, they got something to go with. Right. And Mm -hmm. I I was just on the safe par uh, podcast this week. It's coming out tomorrow. And I love that that name. Yeah, exactly. The one thing that Rick Sessinghouse told us the first time he came on the show is first tee jitters. We all have them, but what's a thought you can lean into? Hold your finish. That's a physical executional thought that gives your swing balance and tempo, right? That's a great focus for moments of pressure. Tempo. Uh, For me, should we get into what I've been working on with the driver? 
Yeah, just last thing I'll say, just to close the loop here, is one hole should never never defines you. How good right. it is, how good that hole is, or how bad that hole is. Now, multiple bad holes, you know, or multiple good right. holes, you be aware. But right. for our guy Hank, you're right there. One hole doesn't define you. Yeah, he'll, he'll break it any day, any day oh, yeah. now. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Word from a sponsor that you are going to love because I got some fun news and we'll get you right back at the show. Okay, so I've seen the comments. I've seen the chatter and I've lived it. I get it. A lot of people feel like gloves are a commodity and it's an impulse buy and you get whatever you're going to get at the clubhouse. If you have a hole or for whatever reason, your glove is so crusty, you can't even unfold it and put it on. Right. I know this is how a lot of people feel about gloves. Well, I thought it was super interesting because my golf spy, one of the top forums in golf, they have 75 million readers. Uh, they do product testing, independent, non-biased product testing. And they looked at 35 plus gloves to test the best performing glove of 2022. And Red Rooster, our partner, uh, started in COVID. So they're only one or two years in, but they were researching and building this product for years prior to that. But they've only been in market not very long for them to win best performing glove of 2022 over all of the big, all of the big competitors, foot joy, Callaway, you name it. The red rooster, the Cape glove was named the number one best performing glove it says it has the softest leather and the best grip. It has stretchy. I think it's Lycra in all the right places for optimal fit and flexibility, soft Gabretta leather, comes in cadet sizes, fits in all the right places. The other thing that got another top performing was the Red Rooster Range Rooster, which is so cool because uh, I actually need to get one of these because a lot of people I've seen in the comments and on Twitter are saying, you got to have a glove for the range. You got to have a glove for playing. And this is something that I personally am going to start doing now. It's genius. I know a lot of people have been doing this for years. I personally didn't, but it makes so much sense. You have a glove that's a little bit designed for more durability uh, so the Red Rooster Range Rooster is great for the range. And if all of this doesn't convince you, because look, I get it. You might think, whatever, gloves a glove. I think all that matters at the end of the day is that it feels good in your hand. It's soft, it's durable, and you like the look of it. At the end of the day, it's confidence and feel, right? And that you get your money's worth out of it. Well, clearly, the My Golf Spy study validated all of that for Red Rooster. Um, and then... If you needed a little extra nudge, this is my favorite part about Red Rooster. I've talked about it before, but I'll say it again. They are a company with a mission. Okay. I've talked about it. You go to these junior golf events, first tee events. Some are done in uh, less fortunate areas. It becomes very clear for the kids that don't have gloves. They know that they are less fortunate than the kids that do have gloves. And it's this form of ownership. It's this form of belonging to the game. And every glove that you buy with Red Rooster gets donated to Junior Golf Program. And they even send you a free kid's golf glove so that you can feel what it's like handing a kid their first really good golf glove as they embark on their golf journey. And I just think that is the coolest thing. I know the people over at Red Rooster. It's a family-driven business, and they're doing it right, just like Roback does. They're doing it right with a mission and they're giving back and it's making a difference. So just like I like to buy Warby Parker glasses because it gives back, just like people buy Tom's shoes because it gives back, get a golf glove that gives back. Okay, go to redroostergolf.com slash train 
and you'll get 20% off everything, including the subscription. Okay, the subscription's big. I know you want, probably want to test the glove first, but the subscription is awesome because then it keeps you accountable for getting gloves uh, more regular and making sure you have a, the top performing glove for your game. So redroostergolf.com slash train. It'll get you 20% off everything. You enter the code train and uh, get yourself a glove that elevates your game and also gives back to the community. I love it. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. I think I've talked about this process before uh, that John helped me with, but the one thing I want to hammer home with the driver, because look guys, like I, I can't reiterate this enough. I was legitimately hitting maybe two, three fairways around if I was lucky. Okay. And I'm talking people listening to this show that have played with me have seen tops. They've seen snap hooks. They've seen big blocks and I was striping it on the range. Okay. So clearly I was having an unconscious stress response anytime the driver was getting my hands. And it actually wasn't, this is the interesting thing, sir. It wasn't as much driven by fear. It was more so, God, can I just do what I've seen on the range? I want to replicate it so bad that I was creating the same stress response as trying to not miss it. Interestingly enough. So I think the most powerful thing that I want to hit home here is so many people hear about self-talk and they think, well, why would I lie to myself? I really can't hit a fairway. I've been doing it for two years. But John helped me. The most powerful three words he ever said to me was act as if. Act as if. Yeah. How would you act as if you were hitting a perfect drive? You've hit a perfect drive before. How did that feel? Okay. Take that feeling into this shot and act as if you're the baddest, best driver of the golf ball that's ever lived. And I started doing that and I shifted my focus up. We've talked about it. I'm trying to break the glass in the sky instead of looking down at the hole. That's really freed me up. It's helping me with big zones based on my mental golf type instead of small targets and where not to miss it. And now what am I doing? I'm taking an aggressive and confident energy feeling into my drives and I'm looking up and I have an approach that serves me. And now do I miss fairways? Sure. But am I missing them in a more playable spot? And am I play, am I playing golf now instead of snap hooking it and blocking it? And you can't play golf that way. Trust me. I've done it for years. Well, right. But look what, look what you look at the progression you made in your short game first. Yeah. You know, you, you missed a green for a while. They're like, man, I don't have that shot or, you know, I'm just going to try to flop it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. But now you're, you've, you've got self-talk like, Hey, I think I can get up and down here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got two different shots that, you know, I can yeah. work with here. So like, that's just a, that's a combination of practice and self-talk. Yeah. But you know, what's so great when about the, that when point, you're in the moment. Here's what's so great about that point. You start by acting as if, well, really you start by practicing, right? Yeah. You put in the time, you address the areas of discomfort. Your only goal is to become a little bit more comfortable. Correct. I don't care how many up and downs you don't need to become a scratch. Like become more comfortable, right? Comfort first, then, familiarity. then yeah. positive self-talk, visualizing, feeling it, what it would feel like to be a great short game artist, to be a great driver of the golf ball. Act as if, 
Then you take that into your shots in the moment on the course under the gun. And what happens? You start to see some good stuff. Then what happens? Belief, right? With belief starts to come confidence, starts to come snowball momentum. Right. Sooner or later, I'm a great driver of the golf ball. Right. I'm a great short game guy. It, 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 it translated into your driver. And look, you're going to go through struggles again, like I would, or like anybody would have those off days. But now you know, because of the work you've put in, the recipe to get yourself, you know, back on track, get that train back on the tracks. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I haven't even talked about putting. Yeah. How you're starting to, that's next, to actually truly understand the game, you know, how to practice, how to think, how to respond. Putting, I've never seen you work harder on your putting. Yeah. Well, and I didn't know make, how. And make some improvements too, because I you showed me some things I was just <laughs> <laughs> wait. What was the craziest thing I showed you? This is good. I mean, multiple just lots the of different grips. Yeah, lots of different grips, you know. Yeah. You know, saying he's found it in the hotel room or in his house. He's gonna do yeah. the claw. <laughs> well, here's but, here's the funny thing. That that's another example. And I'm not saying the claw can't work for people, but sure, sure. You said you'd found it. But I was doing it with no reasoning. I right. just tried it and it felt good, right? And I, I started treating, here's the, another aha moment for you, Sarm. I realized I had never seen my putting stroke on video. I had never yeah. had someone look at my putting stroke. I had never worked on my putting stroke in a way that I'm working in my swing. I had no understanding of it. I had no reason of why I do things. So. My story I've told on this before, but just to bring it all together, I went to Pinehurst. I met, uh, I met Matt Picanso, um, Pisconso. I don't know if I got that right. I think it's Pisconso uh, on the Corn Ferry. Yep. And, and I was like, "Hey, man, take a look at my stroke. What do you see? I don't understand why I go inside." And I was super far away from the ball, so there was nowhere else for it to go. He's like, I need you to stand closer to the ball. I need your eyes right over the inside of that ball. And I went back to a conventional grip to just like, hey, I'm an athlete. So let's just do what helps me feel comfortable. Because I found that with the claw, it was really rigid and stiff and didn't feel good. It felt jabby. There was no rhythm. So I was listening to that. I'm like, let's just go back to the basics. Let's work on fundamentals. And guess what he did? Fundamentals. Guess what he did? He goes, closer to the ball over your eyes over it. And he gave me a, he had me work on a putter putting plate. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, and this is what you see all the pros using. And I used to think, what are these guys working on these things for? Like before a round, like, isn't that too heady, but no, it's the opposite. They're grooving fundamentals. Correct. Light bulb. Yeah. So, he, so you stand closer, you actually get your eyes over the ball, which is number one, you know, when you think about putting. Yeah. And all of a sudden my stroke is less loopy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I'm not trying to not loop it. I'm just grew. I'm, I'm gaining awareness, education and checkpoints. Right. But then I put it on video and now this is, I'm, I'm telling you, sir, this is going to change. This is going to be at the beginning of the show. I was like, I'm not going to say it's going to change my game, but I truly know <laughs> in my heart that this is going to make me a different golfer. Yeah. And here's what I love about the putter plate. 
Okay. Some people don't love the putter plate because it's got the gate at the beginning or, you know, the start line and you hit the gate a lot. It can be uh, frustrating. The whole point is to the gate's not that much wider than the ball. So if you can roll that ball through the gate without hitting the pegs, you're starting your ball on your line. That's really all you need to do in putting. Obviously there's distance control and stuff, but that's a number one, right? And what I love about it is I don't need a hole. I don't need a mat. I just have, they gave me an indoor and an outdoor one. So when I'm inside, I'm using, I'm grooving this thing. So it helps me with alignment. I put it right up to the putter plate. I'm grooving my start line and it's fun because I don't care if the ball goes in. I have zero concern with making a putt. And now my practice is harder than when I play and I go and I play and all I'm worried about is stroking it on my line. That man. And and I played in a scramble two weeks ago and I was making everything. God, nothing like the hero in the scramble group, you know, making all the putts. Just saving the team. (laughs) And here's the funny tomorrow. thing. Here's how you, here is progress. So I played in this event where you had to pick a position you're going to play, T guy, approach guy, short game guy. And it made me really reflect on my game. Like, okay, if I was only going to be one of those for the whole round, what guy would I be? And mm-hmm. I was like, I think I should be short game guy. And that's a huge shift. I would have never said that six, even six months yeah. ago to a year ago. And the only change I want to hit this home with our listeners. The only thing I've done differently is I've done it more. I've split right. my range time by 50%. This is something we talked about at the start of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <And> you, <laughs> I resisted it. At I, first, I was challenging you. I, mean, yeah. I think I was saying like 73, you're like, Oh, maybe, maybe 64. <laughs> you're like, well, what? but you're doing 50, 50. Right. You actually understand, but you're starting to understand the fundamentals of all parts of the game. Yeah. Well, that's what's cool is because you're always uh, showing me a new grip or a new takeaway or a new stroke. Yeah. You know, isn't it crazy the power of knowing what you're working on and continually doing the same things, the same thoughts over shots? And you might have it that day, you might not, but at least you have your back to basics that you can always go back to. Maddie P. The corn fairy guy I talked about, he told me anytime his putting's off, he goes to the plate. Yeah. And he's good. Right. Like what a, cause it, it reveals, it reveals what an amazing you know? relief of right. having certainty. And sure. There might be times that I still need to figure stuff out. I'm not hitting the ball perfectly. No one is, right. but at least I have certainty and confidence in what I'm doing. And I know that I'm putting the time in, in the right parts of my game. And yeah. there's probably going to be days, probably pretty soon, that I have an off day and I shoot a 76. I have an off day, I shoot a 77 versus an 84. Yeah. And my index is going to slowly go down and I'm going to get closer to shooting even par. I know it. I'm on the right path. But guess what? Here's the funny difference. I don't care. Right. Like, yeah, I want to do it. But I have, I have zero attachment to doing it. Because you're, you've shifted your focus and you're so caught up in just getting better at the fundamentals of your putting stroke and of your golf swing. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mentally to, and physically. You've simplified the physical part big because you used to just go in circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you used to joke. 
Cermak used to joke with me, guys, everyone that's listening. He used to tease me that every coach we had on the show <laughs> was like my new coach. And I went deep on their methodology through researching in the show. And I would be trying new stuff every week. And I just, you know, it's a really fun way to play golf is understanding what you do, understanding why you do it, practicing those fundamentals, having checkpoints, checking yourself on video, and then going and seeing and learning from what you see on the course. All right, guys, we're going to take another quick break and then we'll get you right back to the show. I got a bold statement here before I get into this. I believe that one of the most, if not the most, most underrated piece of apparel or garment that we wear during golf rounds is the belt. I think the belt can make or break the round of golf. And Hank was actually joking with me off air. He said that he wears the same belt for everything. And I realized I was kind of doing the same thing. I kind of had this like gray woven stretchy belt that I I liked for golf. And I kind of wore it for everything. And it's kind of funny. It's like I'm not in college anymore. You know, like obviously I have a dress belt for when I go to a wedding or something. But other than that, I pretty much use the same belt for everything. This is why we started working with Roosta's belts, okay? Roosta's belts, we met at the PGA show and we told them, we said, you know, the Partrain family needs a belt sponsor. We need a belt partner that we genuinely love. We need the best belts out there. And Roosta's was that for us, okay? They make unbelievable belts. And I think the best belts out there, okay, I actually got, so I got two of them. I got the Oahu belt, which is a black belt with little white specks in them. And I got the Bandon, which is a subtle green with white accents. Now here's how I chose the belts. Obviously it's tough in a podcast to figure out you know, what they look like. So I want you to go to shoproostas.com. That's R-O-O-S-T-A-S. Roostas, shoproostas.com. Enter the code TRAIN. You get 15% off your entire order plus free shipping. Okay, that's big. Now, here was what was in my mind selecting my belts, okay? I wanted something that would pretty much go with everything but can give me that little piece of flair, add and elevate my outfit just a little bit. You know, if you want to go obnoxious, they have those options too. Obnoxious probably isn't the word, probably more flashy, right? But I wanted something that adds a little bit of flash, but it isn't super loud. You know, it's more subdued. So I went with the Oahu, which is black with white specks and the Bannon with green. They are super stretchy, high quality. Uh, it's actually two-toned woven elastic stretch belts with a crossing pattern braid. Uh, if that's what you get, the buckle's 100% genuine leather and alloy zinc um, for the metal piece. And guys, they are, they've got a bunch of colors that align kind of with different colleges. And I'm telling you, I'm really excited about sharing this with you guys because I know you're going to absolutely love it. And it's probably the thing in your ensemble. I know a lot of you are buying Roback stuff. This is the way to elevate your Roback outfits and elevate your outfit. Okay, I'm telling you, go to shoproostas.com, enter the code TRAIN, get 15% off your entire order, plus free shipping, and elevate that outfit. Look good, feel good, play good, baby. I'm, you guys will not regret it. All right, let's get back to the show. I used to really, sir, I'm like more than anything in the world, I used to want to be a scratch golfer more than I think anything. you were, 
you were kind of alluding to the, this before even our episode today. I was just wondering where your mind and your kind of thoughts were going to go. And I think you vocalizing this realizes this is just can't be me. How could you want to go from a scratch and you're a seven anyways? Is I wanted to be so badly the success story, right? I wanted to show our listeners and our followers that I can do it. I'm talking, I'm walking the walk, right? But I think now I realize the power in going off path because now we can do an episode like this and I'm just like them, but I'm starting to do things. I think the more productive, efficient way. Right. You know, I think you're hundred percent right. You know, for me, I've, I mean, I've, I've been scratched, but I'm like, I'm a 0.4 right now. You know, I've actually been trending a little bit up. So yeah. to protect, you know, for, for a choice of words to protect scratch, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for me, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've got to kind of, I've kind of been, you know, I've got to figure out what's, you know, where are those two or three shots I'm losing around, you know? Right. Um, and a lot of it is, it's a, it's a lot of pitching and chipping and bunker. And I'm good at those things, but I don't practice enough as I should. And I've realized one of my goals is I'm just going to try to dedicate it a couple Saturdays this summer to doing two, three hours of short game, you know, going down and that's it. You know, I don't even need to hit balls doing yeah. that and just making, um, sometimes you just got to just check yourself at the door and make tough decisions. Like, for example, I was playing nine holes and I hit this pull into the bunker left bunkers, deep bunker, can't see the bottom of the cup. And I'm just coming off a bad bogey. And there's like five feet of green to work with. I'm thinking, okay, I just got to hit it right at the pin. The last minute, I kind of shifted and tried to go at it. And what did I do? I chunked it. And then I didn't get up and down. Right. So yeah. I'm realizing, you know, if I end up being to get to a one or two handicap, that's a couple strokes around that, you know, I just got to be better around the greens. So that's, that's kind of my big focus for the year uh, is working more on the short game because this is the year of the short game. Yeah. And, and swallow just taking my medicine sometimes out there. Cause I know well, I, you know, I can, I can make putts, but yeah. Know, so I wanted to well, share that with you. That was my initial learning for my first round, you know, pretty much of the year. Well, know, let me Chicago. challenge you. I'm going to challenge you real quick. Okay. Cause I think, and that's great. I think if you're going to want to spend two to three hours in the short game area, once or twice, you know, once a week, once every couple of weeks, yeah. I think that's amazing. I'm going to do that this weekend, but I think the trap we fall into a lot of people like you is going from zero to two to three hour sessions. I would challenge you that even just once a week, 20 minutes could make a huge difference than going from one. It's almost like with working out. A lot of people say this is a common mistake where you say, okay, like I'm doing it right now for the wedding, right? Like, God, I I really want to work out every day. And you start by doing like an hour workout really hard. And guess what happens? You're so sore from doing the hard workout that you don't work out the rest of the week. And then you don't build your momentum, which instead it's almost better to do like 20 to 30 minute sessions four or five, six days a week, keep your momentum. And then you're actually building up more time with less long, with shorter sessions than starting yourself with the expectation that you got to do three hour sessions. Yeah. Now you I, might do three hour sessions, but I just think it's interesting for people to think about it, where it's like, you say, I want to do this, but make it easier on yourself too. You know? Yeah. I mean, it all depends, right. You know, 
the, how often you can get to the course, how, how close you live to the golf course. Right. But for me, when I don't practice short game, that's, I lose the feel on those 30 yard pitches. I don't have the familiarity. Right. And then you're playing, you know, there's just so many situations, you know, short, rough, long, rough, behind the bunker, next to the bunker, buried bunker lies. Like it's stuff that it's not like ping pong or shooting a free throw where it's always there. Yeah. So now whether like you said, if it's a, if it's a couple 20 minute sessions or if it's one long two hour session, have the purpose. What am I working on? What do I want to get out of this today? You know, because the whole idea is to, to feel more familiar when I Comfort. go, you know, play that next round, you know, right. I can execute every time, but right. it's, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a commitment and you well, got to find out what's right for you. I've even had the internal struggle of, I get to the range. It's on a weeknight. I'm like, I got to get back for dinner or I got to do something for work. I got to get back. I can't stay for an hour and a half. I'm like, I really would, I would love to just hit a bucket of balls and leave, you know, but I'm like, yeah. all right, well, instead just do 20 minutes. Yeah. Go over the short game area for 20 minutes. Yeah. I think get for 20 minutes in, I think for like our listeners, that's absolutely it. You yeah. know, that's absolutely it. Just start, start a new habit. Yeah. Because if you're that guy or you're that girl who just, like I said, goes to an hour, beats balls, works on your swing, then it goes. Start that 20 minutes. See how it feels. A, a few chips, a few putts. Isn't it amazing to have what I think you can learn about yourself when you practice golf the yeah. right way, efficiently, and now, especially with short game? Like, just like you can translate it and, and into your day to day life with picking, you know, with your job, with, you know, just being disciplined and committed and, you know, kind of always going the extra mile a little bit. Yeah. And I would urge people, you know, a lot of people don't know how to practice. They don't know where to start. Uh, I would say, I think uh, our chipping away my short game breakthrough is a great episode to maybe listen yeah. to. Um, but I think just start with experimentation and feels, you know, like have fun with it, test it out, make a game out of it, understand yeah. this, make the same swing with a different club. And that's what I started doing, sir. And that's made the biggest difference for me is how can I take the shortest swing the lightest arms and make my job as easy as possible with taking a little bit more club and letting the, the club do the work. And so now I have different shots, 56, 52, 60. Get that ball on the ground as quick as possible. Yeah. A lot of the time for all you, you know, well, that's so comfort chippers out there, you know, go drop a few balls and hit those nine irons, hit those eight irons. And I've got a 50 foot chip. You don't have to, you know, less room for air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you've got to work on it. So they'll never be familiar. So I don't know, Ev. I mean, it's great. This is uh it's gonna be a fun year, but I think the progression you've made just these last couple months. I want to end with this. Yeah. It's also easy for me to say all this great stuff and then put more pressure on myself when I play. I've done the work, right? But that's where the attachment comes in. That's where the mental work comes in. We both have member guests this year. Yeah, I'm good. I'm really excited. I don't need to prove myself. I'm going to lean into my short game. I don't need to have the perfect swing going in. I don't need to find it. What I have is enough. Yep. I don't need to focus on or worry about what holes I get pops on. Play course. Do That's what you it. know. Hit the shots you're comfortable with and let it fire. You're going to have tentative moments. You're not going to commit on certain shots. 
Your partner may not think the same way as you in every situation, but how can I just keep coming back to what I know and what I do best? And that's a good mindset and being a good athlete. Right. And that's it. Now that you know how to practice, it's always something you can lean on, you know, when you're out on the course. Hey, I know how to do this, you know, right? Like it's so telling. I know what it takes, you know. It's so telling, Serm, that last year, remember, I played knockdowns the entire, I'm talking driver knockdowns, three wood knockdowns. And I stuck to that the entire week because I thought it was more consistent. Why do you think I was so uncomfortable? Why would I play three rounds or three days worth of tournament tournament golf a way that I've never played before? Why would I do that? It's because I didn't think that I, my game was enough as it was. You know, and now it's like, all right, let's play my game. Play your game. Do your routine. Trust your process. Work on fundamentals. Sir, we need to get you a putter putting plate. I want to see you groove yeah, in the putter you know, plate at home. My brother Joe might have one. I got to see if he's got one. We get some footage of that because you can't do enough. Guys, yeah. if there's anything you take from this episode, you know, from what we're working on, but just upset, just obsess over the fundamentals. And, you know, like I've said, just start that short game work. Don't go down the rabbit hole like you all do on Instagram of watching all these like, oh, you know, do this move for the most power or, you know, swing like DJ. Don't you, do, you, do you really know how to hold the, hold the club right? Do you really know how to stand? Do you really understand ball position? That your ball position from an eight iron is different than a five iron? <laughs> it's supposed to be a little more up in your stance. Yeah. <laughs> like, guys, just start thinking that way, you know? Or just get some, you know, Invest in a lesson or a guy yeah. or a gal you, you trust. If you need help with that, yeah. yeah. And get get more aware like I did. Understand why you do things and start chipping away at those things and have some and lean into comfort too. Chipping you know away. what you're uncomfortable with. Get more Chip comfortable away. and believe in yourself. Act as if. All right, Sarah. Well, this was great. I'm really glad that we got all this out. Hopefully it was helpful for you guys yeah. listening. And uh, send us messages on Instagram. It's probably the best place at the part train. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know what you're working on. And uh, I make, I mean, this year is the year of the short game, but I think it's also the year of getting more comfortable and working on the right thing. So, Sturm, no matter how uncomfortable you, the negative things you tell yourself, the uncertainty of what to work on, what do they got to do in between all the stuff we talk about on this show? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care.